The Final Furlong Podcast is brought to you in association with AtTheRaces.com, the ultimate resource for racing fans. Baraka! Check other energy supplements are available. Five espressos in the one mug. Check we are good to go for Royal Ascot Preview Day 4 on the Final Furlong Podcast. I'm Emmett Kennedy alongside my main man and At The Races pundit, Mr. Kevin Blake. Hello! And at the races pundit, Mr. Declan Ricks. Bonjour. I really <laughs> hoped you were going to go, Buongiorno. <laughs> but that's fine. We'll take that. Uh, that's a inglorious bastards yeah. reference. Uh, let's kick off with the Albany Stakes on the Friday. It's a cracking day's racing, and we've got a lot of quality to get through. But before we do, I feel it's very, very important to dial up not only the Kevin Blake Premium Weather Advisory Service, but also the Declan Ricks Premium Advisory Service, because he is in at the Races Towers in London. Kev, you first. There was a month's rainfall in one day yesterday, which made a lot of people panic for Royal Ascot, but you're remaining calm. Um, yeah, I don't know how much they got at Ascot now, but I, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be panicking just yet. I'm just looking here; they updated it an hour ago, and it's good to soft in the straight track, soft, good to soft in places, and the round track. Uh, let's see here. Odd spot of rain so far on on Friday. Um, 82 mils, which is three, uh, three, you know, three and a quarter inches in the past week. Um, occasional showers possible Friday, Saturday. Low pressure system is forecast to clear to bring warmer conditions with possible occasional showers through next week. Lat, ladies and gentlemen, translated to Irish English. It'll be good ground at least. We're Happy grand. Days. We're grand. It'll that's be good to firm by the end of the week. That's Definitely. What that's what I'm talking about. That's a bit more like it. Rixie, you're there for all five days as part of At the Races in depth coverage of Royal Ascot. So. You can forget about bringing your umbrella. It's terrible weather in London right now, but trust Kevin, no umbrella, you'll be fine. Yeah, we'll be good. Um, I think there's 80, 82 mils in the last seven days they've had at Ascot, which is uh, three and a half inches, which is very big. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, that's quite a lot of rain. Just in terms of how you... Uh, weigh up things. You're saying that uh, you could you could handle three and a half inches. You're you're comfortable with that, yeah? Look, look Rixie, if, that, if that's what the missus says to you, that's your business, all right? Well, sure. Like I say to the missus, I says I'll give you nine inches. I'll give you three inches three times. <laughs> He's back. Declan Ricks is back, and it only took two minutes for the innuendos to begin. Uh, the Albany Stakes to the Group 3 for two-year-olds has been a cracking race over the years, and uh, hopefully it will be so again as Neabeth currently heads the betting. For shame, the bookmakers who have left a trois in there. She is out. Uh, Neabeth, final song, Divine Spirit, Anna's Fast Tango, and we've got Peace Charter and Raffle Prize. There's a whole host of horses in here. Um, Declan, we'll lead off with you. As part of the coverage on At The Races, Kevin has already um, written plenty of stable tours for At The Races. You went through the tactics well, of Royal one. Ascot. <laughs> Kev, take credit for more. Steal the credit for other people's work. Kev's done loads of content for At The Races. Um, but you did an in-depth article into the tactics of how you see the big races going at Royal Ascot. If you haven't read that yet, do so at theraces.com. <laughs> Rixie? If you like, if you, what you meant to say there, Kennedy, was if you like me haven't read it yet. <laughs> no, I, I actually have read it. This is the I, I'll be straight up and say this. I actually, for a second, I thought I had a fever dream and that I read and I admitted this to Rixie. Going, you did. I did read an article by you that's about tactics of Royal Ascot on at the races. And he, yeah. 
Okay, that's fine. Because I've been having the weirdest <laughs> dreams lately. A, a, a fever dream. Is that, is, that the new, is that the new thing? That's is the it? new thing. I'm going with fever dream. That's what three and a half inches does. <laughs> oh, man. You know, we got off to the first take of this podcast. So great. And the second one just goes here. Right. Oh, come on. It's like we've all had 17 pims or I'm drinking five espressos. Um, how do you break down the Albany stakes as we record on the Friday, my friend? Uh, look, it's 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 very. I think it, it at this moment in time, um, you know, I'm going to have to sit in the fence. It's hard to get a, a, so a, a, many a, prop, a proper handle on the race because look, we haven't got the draw, and we look, we don't know what's gonna what's gonna run here. There's going to be plenty of these fillies that are going to be entered in um, over five and six furlongs in the Queen Mary as well. Uh, but look, I suppose kind of we should probably start with the favourite Wesley Ward. Um, Nea Beth, it looks like she's going to run here, a daughter of Carpe Diem. Uh, look, she she was very good on debut. Uh, she's got a big pedigree. I think she was at $230,000 yearling. So, you know, uh, kind of Wesley Ward, he's not kind of sending over cheap, kind of precocious speed over here. You know, he's these a lot of these horses coming over now have got proper pedigrees to back them up. Um, look, she was good on debut, I thought, but it was um, it was over four and a half furlongs. She broke okay, got into stride okay. Uh, I, I thought she was a, a little bit green, but uh, the further she went, the further she she kind of impressed me, to be honest. And that that would give you hope that she could see out the six furlongs and the stiff ascot track. But as I'm sure Kevin will uh, tell you now, he's got a, a fantastic stat for you. You know, it's Wesley Ward is probably seen to better effect in these juvenile races over uh, over five furlongs but yeah look I think uh, I, I don't know about you guys I've always got a mental block with these Wesley Ward horses because they, they look dynamite and you go oh jeez I'm going to back that that thing's going to absolutely shite up but then at the other the other side of your brain is just going it won't get up the hill it won't get up the hill it won't get up the hill and then like so it's you kind of you back them and then you and they they actually end up like pulling up or something ridiculous and you've just kind of you're in a bad mental state after that and you need to get over it quick <laughs> so yeah look I, I for the safe for my safer mentality I, um, I, I'm, I'm going to take her on but I, I think Kev's got a good line there on the on the war juvenile rec, uh, record at Ascot which I'll, I'll leave a mention now you ready for some satisfaction are you stealing oh, yes. my stats again <laughs> go on well it's fairly straightforward lads Wesley Ward over the years he's had 41 two year old runners at the Royal Meeting he's had seven winners and he's never had one beyond five furlongs um, and he's had, he's had a good few try as well but it just um, it seems and it's not I suppose it's not a great surprise when you think about it that he they, they do seem to be show themselves the best effect over the minimum trip and Peter T. Fornital our main man in the States made Imagine. a very interesting point the other day in saying that um, he reckons Wesley has a bit of a, a bit of a chip in his shoulder about this and he wants to remedy it and uh, there's a thought that this Nabeth might be the best of of, of Wesley's two year olds that are coming over and while she uh, she'd be a leading fancy in the Queen Mary, um, he's going to give her a spin in the Albany just to try and get that uh, to get that old extra furlong monkey off his back. Um, and I really like her now. Having watched all the videos uh, of Wesley's two-year-old, she'd be the one just in terms of the way she goes and uh, the way she did it. That that really caught my eye. And just looking at her action in terms of suitability to uh, the turf, because you know plenty of his two-year-olds have been running on the dirt uh, thus far. 
And as Rixie says, visually it was impressive. Um, the second that she well and truly whomped has come out and won since. So I think she could be very good. But again, you, on balance, you're, you're, I'd be tempted to take her on over the trip now um, for, all, for all her um, apparent talent. Um, it's just... They're, they're, he does a very specialist job, Wesley. And while we've seen it with the likes of, you know, Lady Aurelia and undrafted and bound for nowhere, like he's not he's not a one-trick pony in terms of getting them ready to rumble very early. But uh, he seems there seems to be a, a very strong um, methodology behind what he selects to bring over here in terms of their precocity and the speed. So that that would be a big concern for me as much as I like. Yeah, to just break it down, and you can listen back to Peter T. Fornsell's excellent analysis along with Kevin's on day one and day three of Royal Ascot on the Final Furlong podcast on attheraces.com and wherever you listen to your podcast, rate and subscribe and all that malarkey as well. Uh, he was very firmly of the view that Naabeth is the best of them, but that his best bet is actually Wesley's chosen horse in the Norfolk, Naven, uh, the American pharaoh cult. And the, the point that he's making is exactly what you said. So let me ask you this then, Kevin. Because people, I can hear Final Furlong Podcast listeners screaming this. You dismiss stats left, right, and center. And you go, well, their own their stats are there to be broken. We see them broken all the time. But you're really, I think Rixie as well, you're both very much stuck on this. And the fact that a top American racing journalist and broadcaster is so stuck on it as well gives me pause for concern. Well, look, there, there's good stats and there's bad stats. And the good stats are the one that actually have some meat behind them that you can take that stat and say, right, that makes sense because. And in this particular case, we have a very good reason why Wesley Ward has a, a much better record at um, five furlongs than six furlongs at the Royal Meeting. And actually, as we're talking, I've just broken it down again just to examine individually the the ones that he's run over six furlongs for the sake of argument. And uh, most of them have bombed out. Mm. The majority have bombed out. And he had won to finish second in the Albany in 2014. Um, a, a modest enough second to, to cursory glance. Um, travel like the winner, didn't get home. Um, he'd won to finish fourth in the Albany in 2016. Create a dream which was one with a slightly different profile in that, in that she'd already, she won at Ascot in April um, before going on to the Royal Meeting. She finished fourth, but the rest have bombed out. Yeah. And let me see, how yeah. many is there there? Well, there's, just... there's, 11 out, there's, there's 11 of them there, and one, two, three, four, five, six, seven of them went off a single-figure price. Yeah, I'm looking um, here actually at 2015. Layfix Field was ridden by Frankie Dettori. That horse was 6-1. to one. Back at the Ranch was sent off 8-1. to one. They were both well-stuffed in the race. Um, in 2016, behind yeah, I, I, Brave Banner. I've got them all here. I've got them all no, here. But j- just, to, just to verify it, Create a Dream was sent off 11-2. to two, And you then move forward to 2016, Fairyland. The American Fairyland, trained by Wesley Ward, not the Aidan O'Brien Fairyland, not to be confusing, still in training as a four-year-old now, was highly fancied, was a very, very short price leading up to the race, and then drifted like a barge and got stuffed. Yeah, so, and, and he's had a couple in the Chesham as well, I'm fairly sure, that, yeah. and that hasn't worked out either. So it, it's, quite a, it's quite a stark um, set of numbers, and it's just something to bear in mind if you're considering uh, lashing into her. Okay. So the other question to ask you then, Kev, is 
and there's a brilliant piece of uh, content on atheracist.com with Wesley Ward and you were making the point that you can watch back all the videos of the horses for this year which is really really interesting uh, and that's available for you on the Royal Ascot site at atheracist.com highly recommended is Wesley Ward so good at Royal Ascot with his juveniles because his horses are conditioned much stronger uh, much more precocious much more forward than the European Raiders that he's taking on the French and the Irish and the Americans, and that's why they succeed so well over five. Um, he's just like I'm sure Wesley Ward could set up in England or Ireland and do the job very similar to what he's doing now. He's just he's focused in on a very very specific niche. He selects horses, he breeds horses himself um, with the complete and utter focus on speed and precocity. And he's a really really interesting guy to to listen to or to read about. He has a fascinating story. Um, you wouldn't believe it looking at him. But um, he was a jockey. He's uh, he's quite a big man. Like the, the well, you know, he's very much a normal sized man. But you know, when you consider he was a jockey, really, really struggled with his weight. There's some horror stories there um, that I've read in interviews with him before. And the way he goes about it, like he just puts in an awful lot of work with them. Not so much on the track in the morning, but in the afternoons, you know. And he's just he's just doing extra work with them, uh, trying as best he can to to get them absolutely bomb proof. And knowing the job that much better, that earlier than most who would be who would be happy to take a longer term view with the horses. He's trying to get them to the maximum of their ability as early in the year as possible, and uh, and that's where his edge is. And like if you look back at the profiles of the horses he was winning with and competing with at Royal Ascot ten years ago, um, as Rixie says, like cheap speed, moderate pedigrees by sires you've never heard of that were in the main cheaply bought. But since he showed himself to be so good at what he does, and he's got the support of Coolmore, he's got the support of some very um, big clients. And uh, as we're talking about here, you know, Naya bet uh, $230,000 yearly. You know, yeah. so he's getting a, a higher grade of raw material, um, albeit raw material that probably still fits his bill in terms of what he looks for. Um, and he, he's just, he's a very interesting guy. Um, in terms of what he does and it's the biggest surprise to me is that more people and no one really in this neck of the woods has really focused in on trying to do a similar thing here um maybe the closest thing we have to it at the minute in britain or ireland is archie watson who's had something like 18 individual two-year-old winners so far um but i, I don't think he's he's uh you know, trying to carve out a niche for himself in that regard, but it's very much working out that way for him. He's really showing himself to be very good with it, with his precocious two-year-olds. But um, yeah, he's a fascinating case, Wesley. Here it is. Yeah, absolutely. So look, if we're gonna use this horse then as the false favorite and let let this horse go off favorite and and, and decide to go against her, then who are you going to tackle instead? Who who floats your boat, Rixie? Um, I, I think at the prices for me, uh, I like Dea of Roger Varian. Uh, Roger actually won this race with a, a filly that's already been mentioned here in um, 2014 with Cursory Glance. And, you know, I think this kind of filly is similar profile in terms of stats. You know, it's it's a last time out maiden winners do well. Horses that have had one start do well. Um, and now... Uh, 
she 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 is exactly that. But I was impressed with her now at at Newmarket. Um, she gave a, a nice filly of Mark Johnson's a, a fairly big head start now. Um, while being probably through greenness more than anything, she got further back than ideal. Uh, but Jesus, the way she made up the ground now to challenge, but then she. she then to challenge and get to the runner-up, but then she went away from her again. I thought was pretty impressive. Now, um, she's she's by bated breath, um, out of um, uh, at a filly called Affluent, who is from the family of a Group Two sprinter called Deportivo, and from that good seven furlong horse of um, David O'Mara, so beloved. So look, she I think she she ticks a lot of the boxes in terms of stats if you're that way inclined, and I think in terms of form, her her form her form looks rock solid because the filly that she beat Raffle Prize and she beat her well now. She's come out and bolted up at Chester in on, in her next run. So yeah, I think at the prices there, I think you can get twenty one about Daya with the, the Roger Varian team currently operating at about a 13% strike rate uh, I thought 20s was was um, she, she'd be the one for me at the prices but like I've said already it's hard to get a, a true handle on the race because we don't know what's going to run and we don't know where the speed is going to be and how the draw is going to play out but if I was to mention one at the prices it'd definitely be Daya Okay he set you a very very lofty target there Kev go for it I'll tell you I wouldn't put anyone off Daya um, got a big section luck grade that day and is definitely overpriced. I'll be, I'll be with Rixie there, but I'd give a small shout to uh, Celtic Beauty of Ken Condon's. Um, not certain to run here, could go for the Queen Mary, but very much caught the eye on debut at Nace and went on and ran very well behind a twal, um in her subsequent start there. Travelled like a dream uh, and just ran very well for, for a filly that's you know clearly you wouldn't expect Ken's to be, um, you know to to be really wound up and she's she's learning on the job, and I'd expect her to come on again. I know the intention is to go to Ascot. I'm just not a hundred percent sure what race, um. But if she turned up here, I think she'd be very interesting. She looks a speedy filly and she should be better again, uh, for that run at Nace last time. Okay, and anything from the Aidan O'Brien team? Because you were making the point on Monday's podcast, so when we were, were talking about day one of Royal Ascot for Tuesday, uh, the fact that Aidan O'Brien's two-year-olds are so much more forward than we're used to. Um, any of his fillies, because he's got a decent enough record in this race, anything there that, that you're interested in? Um, no, <laughs> not really. Um, and I wouldn't have been that keen on a trial either. Um <laughs> So I went looking actually because I, I was trying to remember the last time Aidan O'Brien had a, had a two-year-old filly to win first time and uh, I don't have the complete record it's going back all the way but the last one I can remember was um, Cherokee uh, that's going back to like 2003 or four, I think Did did, um, Fair, did Fairyland win first time at last year no? She, she was, was, definitely wasn't a group race Oh sorry a group race, race. Yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah sorry um, Cherokee definitely did it and she never won another race. And I went back and looked for, I think I think I had records for the last 10 years. And I went back and looked at the record of O'Brien trained, I think it was Phillies only, that were started off in a listed or group race. And it, it was, there was one real good filly amongst them, Bracelet. But the rest now, you wouldn't recognize any of their names, I suspect. They were fairly, um, they were just an okay bunch. Like, you know, you'd expect if they were being started in group and listed company, 
that as a group they'd be they'd end up being above average, but it's not the case when you when you break it down. Yeah. Um, and I, I think it was uh, by all indications it, it was a fair surprise. So if she if she had turned up, I probably would have found myself taking her on. But um, she's had a little setback, I think. So she's not going to she's not going to turn up next week. Okay. Yeah. So there's nothing necessarily interesting you there. What about you, Rixie? Ah, uh, yeah. Look, I'd, I'd give a I'd give a positive mention to to two fillies. Uh, Tango would be one of Aiden's. That no one a never filly. Uh, I loved her debut. Now she she basically did everything right, and I mean absolutely everything. Jumped, travelled, looked per, looked professional, picked up for pressure, ran straight, but she was just knotted on the line. Um, then she came out. Then uh, when was it? Yeah, last week or just before last week? And won at one to six, and I wasn't blown away from her. But maybe, maybe it was the slower ground and the slight drop back in trip that didn't make her look as good as uh, the one to six uh, odds suggested. Or maybe she's just kind of uh, she's a really laid back filly, and the the razzle tazzle, tazzle of um, Ascot will suit her. But I, I thought I give her a mention, and I, I definitely have to give one filly a mention. That's Saeed Bin Saroor's final song. Uh, she uh, won oh, won at Ascot over five furlongs there earlier in the season. Uh, she really impressed me now, uh, daughter Dark Angel. She, she did get her own way up front, uh, but she didn't half make it count. Now she, jeez, uh, the, the further she went, the better she got, and she picked up for pressure in serious style. She's going to be stepping up um, from five furlongs up to six, but and usually that would kind of put me off. But the ground at Ascot that day was soft, and stepping up a furlong uh, back on decent ground, I think, won't be any issue for her. But uh, yeah, she she was impressive. Now final song, but uh, again, I think the market is more cottoned on to her. And as I say, at the prices, uh, the one for me would be um, Dea. How funny would it be if James Doyle had to ride for Side Bin Saror and then go and win a major race at Royal Ascot? After all that crap that's gone on there between the two of them, I, I suspect it'll be Kieran McAvoy, as I try and, and stir the pot. Um, but I, I suspect it'll be Kieran McAvoy, who's coming over to sub for William Buick for uh, the Godolphin team for the week. I'd keep an eye on just because it's going to be a wide open race, and we're quite keen to take on the Wesley Ward uh, horse, Nayabeth. I'd, I'd keep a close eye on the French Raiders. Um, there's a, a race that different league one. That's produced winners in the past, and I, I'd keep an eye out on on that and uh, and, and see how that goes. And we know, of course, she won at the twenties um, back in the day, and yeah, could be could be interesting. Um, and you can watch back the French coverage on Sky Sports Racing and uh, and at the races dot com. Uh, we'll move on to the King Edward the Seven Sticks, the Group Two. It's the Royal Ascot Derby, essentially. And the Derby third, Japan, is currently heading the betting. Now, Kevin's going to have to step in and, and clear this up for us because it's a bit of a mess, Kev. Um, Aidan O'Brien is dominating, as one would expect, seeing as he had the first five of the first six home in, in the Derby itself. Uh, obviously, his horses are towards the head of the market. Japan is the shortest of those on at the races right now, uh, three to one, nine to four, in and around that price. You've then got non-runners essentially: Sir Dragon A, Anthony Van Dyke, Broom. You would think Constantinople. Surprisingly, in the interview that you did with Aiden, I was expecting him to go Queen's Vaz or this, and it looks as though they're going to go the handicap route route with him. Just briefly. Yeah, it looks like he's going for the King George V, which is um, a nought to 105, uh, three-year-olds only, mile and a half, and he qualifies for that. I think he's, I think he might be right at 102 in Ireland. 
Um, I'll double check that as we talk, but he, he's he's qualified for it anyway. So it's an interesting shout, but like there's clearly plenty of scope for improvement in him, and um, he, he could like that's going to be a very hot race. I think there's some. I've been keeping an eye on it now, and there's some lovely, lovely horses um, being lined up for that. So um, it's an interesting shout, unexpected, not what you'd not what you would like to say. I think many would have anticipated the Queen's the Queen's Vaz or this race, but mm. um, no, there you go. They, they say they have a few others. So well, they have the likes of Japan for this, we'll say, and Japan will be rated a, a you know stone ahead of Constantinople. So you know you can see the logic in it that way. Yeah, and Simon Rollins was really taken with Constantinople. He was a horse we were going to skip when we did the podcast together a couple of weeks ago. And he said, no, I actually was really taken with him. I'd like to talk about him when we were doing the... Yeah, uh, he's, a, he's 105, actually, so he'll be, he'll be top weight in the King George. Okay. We did get a revelation about how Coolmore approach... Well, how the lads get to enjoy Royal Ascot. I, I'm sorry if I'm attributing this to the wrong person. It was in The Guardian, and I think it was Chris Cook. Um, Aidan O'Brien gives the lads a dossier of one to whatever of what he thinks is the best chance of the week um, and it was just very very interesting and ever, whenever Sky talked to Michael Tabor he just says it straight out like the money's already on and he'll just say who he really fancies so if Tabor is talking listen because more often than not he's right and um, they do love Royal Ascot winners. Uh, 1.3 million guineas as a yearling, third in the Derby. Japan lines up here, so uh, Rixi, he's going to go off, you would imagine, a pretty short price favourite. How do you rate his chances? Yeah, look, I, he's, he's, he's definitely the, the right favourite, Emmett. Um, I think the first thing to potentially uh, to say in this race is, to my eye now, it looks like a race that is ripe for an anti-post bet. This could potentially cut up very bad. Sir Dragonette's not going to go. Broom is not going to go. Anthony Van Dyke's not going. Telecaster's not going. Constantinople is going to uh, another race. Um, yeah, look, I like Japan. I I didn't get the I didn't get the buzz about him uh, coming into this season, if I'm honest. Uh, and it's only after the Dante did I did it finally click with me. Okay, I, I potentially got this wrong, this horse wrong as a, a juvenile, or maybe he was just showing them a bit more at home than we, we'd seen on the track. But I liked his Dante run, and then to be fair to the horse, he's taken a huge step forward and run an absolute screamer in the Derby. Uh, he was third by an Anthony Van Dyke, beaten uh, half a length, I think it was in the end. And look, he, he was maybe a little bit unlucky as well. He got, he got kind of further back than maybe ideal on, on quick ground in a race. Um, you know, on that kind of ground, it's probably, it's hard to make up ground late. And that was probably evident by, uh, you know, the likes of Norway and Sovereign, the two kind of pace setters who, who you know, weren't beaten absolutely miles. But yeah, no, Japan's run was good in the derby. He was hampered early and uh, he felt a good bit of bumping as well uh, early in the race. And it, that kind of caused him to to get back in further back than ideal but he, he traveled well he came down the hill well enough uh, he took a little while to pick up now but that could have been you'd forgive any horse that because that just could be the track but i'm sure in this race horses that have run as big as he has in the derby don't have a great record coming back for this race so to me that would suggest uh 
he's probably worth taking on. But even though he's worth taking on, do you know what? G- given the way the race is probably going to cut up, the th- if someone wanted to back him at three to one, you couldn't put them off because he's probably going to go off six to four when the race cuts up. But lads, I think I have one in this race. Oh, oh. I think I think I have a fine anti-post punt in this race, and I've backed him already. And um, I'm kind of the way I'm chatting here myself. I'm kind of convincing myself I should be going in again. But for the for the love of Jesus, why is Pablo Escobar sixteen to one? Good question. Ran a Thursday. Call back to Rixie's <laughs> debut on the podcast. Yeah, he swans back after drinking champagne with Francesca and and bloody Chamberlain, and then he starts giving me that grief. Way you follow? Absolute tinker you are, Blake. <laughs> <laughs> but, but we have one who didn't run a Tipperary last night. <laughs> he ran 41 days ago and he's going to be as fresh as paint, baby. So, <laughs> so look, I, I, I just don't, I don't get it. He is, he's 16 to one. He was beaten two and a quarter lengths behind um, the Derby winner, Anthony Van Dyke and the, the Linkfield Derby trial on ground that I thought was probably pretty soft enough for him. Now he's, look, he's, he's one horse that, you know, if he was maybe five or six to one, which I think he should probably is probably a more a better reflection of his chance. You'd maybe be taking him on because he's 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 probably just he, he's susceptible to that horse with it with a little bit of class. Uh, but look, he's good. He, he he can get a bit warm. So if you see him warm then before the post, that's not going to be a, a that's not a bad sign. He's he, look, he's straightforward in every other sense of the word. He jumps, he travels, and he picks up. Uh, the only thing that I've just noticed in his two races is from the get go, he he saw daylight from the word go, and you'd love for him now to be drawn maybe in six or seven, um, and then kind of have horses slotting across him, going a good gallop, and he could just streamline in behind him because I think that would probably eke out a little bit more improvement in him but look his form is rock solid it's been boosted again by the Derby winner uh, the favourite Wiley he's got a bit to find with the favourite no doubt but your the the the, the mark could have been left on Japan in the Derby and at the end of the day 16 to 1 is a, a colossal price for a horse that um, for that William Haggis has said is definitely going here are you sure about that? You're not expecting William Haggis to come up to you and say, stupid, stupid assumption, stupid question, as you said to uh, Vanessa Ryle in a press conference yesterday. Really? Yes. We're, we are looking, desp- and we were going to put, the, put it out there again. We love Vanessa. Vanessa's a star. She's, she's a, not only a great friend, a bloody brilliant broadcaster. <laughs> Find that clip. Put it up online, and we will share it. We will credit you. We'll make it into a into a t-shirt if we can i almost dropped the f-bomb there please get that clip of william haggis it was a public press conference for ryle ascot she asked a perfectly reasonable legitimate question would you be happy if c of class placed stupid question find that no context upload it we will we will reward you mugs on the way to you um right so you've got one I, 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 those lads that won the mug six months ago are still waiting for their mugs uh, mugs, mugs have arrived i shall have you know mug the supplier got a just, bollocking just, off just me took, just took nine months and and the uh the the, the yeah I've, I've got lovely direct messages from people who they were all personalized for them so um well congratulations congratulations and we'll, we'll give they you another to chance sing to a dance for them as well after taking nine months Second, to right i bollocked and i mean bollocked the supplier out of it it was absolutely ridiculous anyway kevin blake um the the mantle has been the gauntlet's been thrown got a big price i think i've got one at a big price but i'm gonna hope you don't mention him off you go kev 
No, I don't have a big view in this. This is a, this is a hard race to have a view on until we see the decks. Um, I asked Aiden like, will any, will any of the Derby horses run at Ascot? And he said, yeah, Japan and Norway in the Queen's Vaz. Um, and that, that that was all. So plenty of these up the top end of the market are likely to be non-runners. Um, Japan will, will be the form choice. But as Rixie says, there's been many a man that's gone home from Ascot with no socks on him because he punted the ears off something that ran well in the Derby and backed up in the, in the King Edward. Uh, so... It'll be a hard one to be really bullish about for all that he'll probably be nicely clear of the field um, in terms of performance ratings. But um, yeah, I'll wait until we see decks and I'll probably look for a sneaky one closer to the time. Okay. Okay. And something else I probably should have mentioned as well. I've kind of gone over that derby now. I think that was an absolutely shite derby. Well, I think finished, that I, genu- I, I think that's I think that's the worst derby that I I've ever kind of oh my god associated with. <laughs> yeah, but to, but to be uh, fair, uh, like uh, it's uh, too it is too way too. Early. Look, you you are suggesting that the derby won by Harzand and U.S. U.S. Army Ranger in second was a better derby than this one. Like we just don't know yet. Yeah. They yeah, could be no, superstars. Well, pe- pe- people always say this, and I, I don't agree with them. You can only you, you judge a race on its merits at that time, and that's what I'm judging it on. These horses can all develop and turn into very good horses. We, Roaring Lion turned into an absolute freak last year after being well kind of well not well held in the Derby, you know, after being well beaten. But no one, I didn't think he'd turn into a, like about a one two eight horse after being beaten like that in a sure. in a in the Derby. I am only judging it on the figure that you could give it on that day, and I'm perfectly open to horses improving down the line well to be fair uh, that, that's just a massive cop out Rixie because you said it's a shite derby but uh, lads I'm open to improving down the well, line it uh, could work uh, out to be uh, the greatest uh, derby uh, of all time as a, but you've, as given, you, you've given yourself a back door to jump oh. out of uh, do, do, do I hear someone screaming two words new evidence oh, I was going to say it I was going to say it one could say that he has learned from the top racing writer and top racing podcast analyst in the business and has just adapted your wordplay for a different <laughs> There you go. There you go. Different you set of circumstances. You wouldn't, pu- you wouldn't pull Ed Chamberlain up like that if he said it, would you? You bollocks. <laughs> oh, make for great, great TV, though, wouldn't it? It'd make for bloody great TV. Um, shall all right, I'll, I'll say so you have nothing, Kev. Is that what you're saying to me? I have nothing. Fuffin' nappy. Unbelievable. All right. Well, let me ask you this then, Kevin Blake. What, what, what you got, Kennedy boy? Is Cape of Good Hope going to run in this race? Cape of No Hope. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, I don't know. I don't know is the if, answer. If Cape of Good Hope runs in this race, he will follow in his brother's footsteps. <laughs> Idaho won the Hardwick. Highland Reel should have won the Hardwick twice. Um, he, sorry, he should have won it once. What happened was Highland Reel got beaten in the race. And then a year later, his brother ran in it. Shamey was on board again. And he actually said, I should have won this race last year. Highland Reel went on to win the the Prince of Wales. (laughs) Cape of Good Hope. You watch back that French derby on Sky Sports Racing. He's closing very well towards the end. Um, That's a fine run. He was pretty good at Epsom, I thought. Uh, Look, he's beautifully bred. He's he's a full brother to the greatest racehorse ever seen, Highland Reel. And (laughs) um, he hasn't run at Epsom. Two of the last three winners of this race did run in the Epsom derby. Oops, the Derby. Sorry. Oh, oh. Sorry. Sorry, Epsom. Apologies. 
uh, handwritten apology on the way to you. Uh, ran in the derby, to be fair, across the stars, being one of those horses. But it tends to be a race that you should skip. And um, this is a drop in class for Cape of Good Hope, so I'll go with him. And he is available. As I look on attheraces.com, you can get... 25 to 1, baby. Happy days. I don't think I can get... No, I can't. I can get 20s, though. I'll take that. Thank you very, very much. 20s about Cape of Good Hope all day long. All day long. Get, just because you can't get on online, get out of the house, you lazy bollocks. They don't have the shop. shops here. They don't have shops <laughs> here, and I, I'm so bollocks that can't feckin' fly. So unless you're going to do the bet for me, uh, and then we end up in a court situation like uh, that story in The Guardian yesterday, then um, we're, we're going to be in trouble. Uh, the 340 is the Commonwealth Cup. You could argue this is actually the feature race, but the... The uh, Coronation Cup is the feature, and that's going to be a cracking race as well. Uh, Ten Sovereigns obviously heads the betting. Uh, seven to four favorite. Hello, Hume Zane, um, who surprisingly beat Calix last time out. Uh, six to one, five to one in places and at the races. Uh, Jash, who has that form with Ten Sovereigns from last season. Eight to one. And then you're looking at So Perfect, Fairyland, Advertise, and a number of others like Rumble in the Jungle. Who's it going to be? Uh, Ten Sovereigns is a very short price now, Rixie. Sprinting was on the agenda for a lot of people. Peter and I both backed him for the guineas, thinking he might get away with it. This was always the backup plan. I think he's ideally suited to it, but the price is completely gone. Yeah, I'd agree. I, uh, I think there's 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 two or three horses in here that... Um, warrants res- enough respect to suggest that you know seven to four is 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 yeah it's probably a, a little bit short too shorter than ideal and you know f- kind of for those of you who who watched the at the races preview tonight with um with kev and hugh taylor uh, i think kev was kind of saying along the lines that you know it, not putting words in his mouth now, but if you've got a sprinter, you know, you train him as a sprinter and I would very much be of the same mindset. Uh, the fact 10 Sovereigns comes comes here having run in the, in the guineas um, is is off-putting, but the, not not just that, that it's off-putting. It's, he didn't shape like a six furlong horse. Um, I kind of went back and I've watched it a couple of times and can I just had in my notes, uh, he jumped well, he didn't over race and, and he listened to Ryan uh, who tried to conserve as much energy as possible. And that just kind of suggests to me that, you know, maybe, maybe seven is going to be ideal for him now. I think unless Aiden can, you know, can wake him up mentally at home um, again. Uh, I, and, you know, that's kind of something Aiden has talked about in the past, kind of open up horses' minds and stuff like that. So, uh, and, and, you know, it'll ta- I think it'll take a, a decent enough training performance for Aiden to kind of get this lad uh, acquainted with, with sprinting again. So, yeah, look, I, I think seven to four there. Uh, again, this is another race that we don't know the draw. That's going to be very important again over six furlongs uh, and to see how the track is riding as well. But uh, I think, yeah, seven to four, I think he, he's one we should get after. Okay. Are you of the same mindset, Kev? Um, I, I don't mind. No, I don't mind him. I was happy enough with how he's shaped. Like, I think, I know what Rixie is saying in terms of how he's shaped, but I think to be fair to him last year, like he looked quite a relaxed horse to be fair to him, over six furlongs. And um, it, it wasn't a shock that he was reasonably well relaxed um, up to a mile. And he just, you know, he just hung right in the final furlong and just looked like his kind of, he was kind of coming to the end of his tether stamina-wise. Maybe seven will prove to be his trip, but I, I think he's, he's definitely worth a go with the six. And um, 
sure look his form stands up very well you know the main problem you have with him is his price um, and look I suppose the obvious one in my book to, to put up against them uh, as much as anything just, just on the price is um, El Jash mm. you know he, he ran very well to finish second to 10 sovereigns in the middle park um, considering he, he got a bit unbalanced in the dip that day um, didn't get any cover and he's done a good job to finish half length second, I think. Um, and his return, I know, was a little bit underwhelming. He won. He kind of fell in at Newmarket there over seven furlongs. But um, to me, he shaped as though, yes, seven. He, he doesn't want to be going seven. He's a sprinter. Um, they they rode him like he. I think he's a horse really. You want to rock and roll with and be be good and handy. And uh, he he's jumped notably well, but they've restrained him back with a view to getting him settled. He hasn't settled all that well at all. Um, he's travelled great, but he just hasn't picked up as well as you would, as he looked likely to. And I think it's just a case that it was just running up beyond his optimal trip. So getting him back to six, a well-run six, where he doesn't necessarily have to lead, but I'd like to see him up, up right up there, um, ideally maybe following the leader. And um, I think Ascot as a track will suit him well. Um, given that that he he's got a bit unbalanced um, at Newmarket before, I think this this will be his first chance to run at a a really orthodox stiff track, and I think it it'll suit him well. And um, look, he needs to bounce back to his middle park form, uh, which he was well short of at Newmarket on his return. But I think the trip and the track could combine to help him do that, and you can be sure that this has been his target uh, since then. And I think at the price he is compared to the Fav, I think he's very fair. So is it reasonable then f- to, to sum up the Sultan of Succinct, a phrase we haven't used for a while, that... It's a waffle on the whole time these days. You, <laughs> that's, all, that's all part of podcasts, you're fine. That's what we need to do. Um, Ten Sovereigns is definitely the biggest danger in your mind and probably the most likely winner, but that at the prices you're much more inclined to going back, Josh. Yeah, I think he's, he's he's very fair. Jeez, I see there's eight to one in one or two places. You know, that's yeah. a that's that's yeah. a pretty wild price. Now he'd be he's surely going to be sub five to one on the day. You um, think so? And even at that, he looked. I'm sure the scum mags will be will be circling uh, because he he looked very solid to me on the day. Now, yeah, he's going to be a scumbag each way. But you would imagine. Um, I really like ten sovereigns, but the price is gone. So expensive purchase what's, alert. What's the price ever there? It was, it was, Kev. He was around about maybe with Calix in. He was five, yeah. He was yeah, five, six enough, to yeah. one. Pretty Calix. Yeah, he was five, six to one. But uh, ever since Calix came out, boom. When when Calix got beaten, they cut him immediately, and then since, once he came out, just he spiraled. Um, Cadem. $750,000 as a yearly. <laughs> I love an price. expensive horse. <laughs> but I tell you, uh, you look back at, at what he's done in his last three starts, I really like it. And uh, Charlie Hill seems to hold him in very high regard as well. Um, James Doyle won on him last time out. I'd prefer him to Jash. And I think, again, I can't get that 10 to 1. But uh, Rixie, I might have to do a bank transfer with you. Yeah, but he is 8 on at the races across the board. So I'd, I'd take the 8s. I could see him going off. Yeah, he's a nice horse, isn't he? I like him. Um, I like him a lot. I like him as well. And, he, and he's a proper sprinter. Like, yeah. you know, uh, to me, it's, it's not, you, can't really, um, you can't really frame it as a positive that a horse has had a go at a mile and is now coming back. You know, I, For a race like this, I'd much rather... 
a proper sprinter. You know, he's always been a sprinter, always will be a sprinter. And and um, Cadam, if we want to pronounce it that way, would be would be one of those. Mm. Um, showed loads of speed. He'll, I'd say, the ground couldn't be fast enough for him. He's got a beautiful, fluent action. And they they didn't they weren't really going fast enough for him at, at Newbury last time. And you'd imagine a race like this will really suit him. Yeah. And yeah, I I wouldn't put you off. I'm glad to hear that, Kev. He's a dark angel out of a footsteps in the sand mare. I just really like this horse. And the more I look at the race, the more I'm I'm drawn to KDM. We'll go with that pronunciation. You, Charlie Hill. He's a full brother to Logout Island. Remember him? Yeah, I do briefly. Oh, yeah. yeah, I kind of remember him. What did he? What was his finest? What was his crowning achievement, Kev? Um, did they win a Guinness? Did they win a Guinness trial? That was it, wasn't it? Not sure. He was a crack two-year-old, didn't he? Wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah, it was. He was second in the Norfolk. Yeah, wasn't he know. second in the Norfolk when the was it the two Hannon horses absolutely butchered each other up front, and one of Aidens came and done him. That's yeah. right. He, he won. What I'm thinking of is he won the the he won a he won a list race at Newbury as a three-year-old really well, and he actually he lost it, and he he went down the test afterwards. Oh, was that car- um, the, the Carnivan stage? Yes, no? the very one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, that's the race that Cadem won. Yeah, uh, he, he, he great form as a two-year-old. He's second to Ribchester, up very close up behind Gouda fans. But anyway, yeah, second to Waterloo Bridge in the Norfolk, which maybe wasn't the best Norfolk of all time. Well, I think it's a very important point that uh, Rixie's just mentioned there: the fact that the brother has uh, won that race. Um, back in the day, not not so long ago, uh, we've also got the point that Charlie Hills was the first winner of this race in its inception in 2015, and is just exceptional at Royal Ascot and with sprinters. So I, I really like Cadem. That's who I'll go with. Uh, uh, what about what about the fact that his full brother? Uh, went off seven to one in the Commonwealth Cup and absolutely bombed out. Finished those last. <laughs> That's true. This is true. Yes. Yeah. Don't rain on my parade, Kev. I found an eight to one shot and I'm sticking with. <laughs> New evidence yeah, can, can change the mind, though. Uh, Rixie, I'm going with Cat AM. Uh, Kevin is backing me up, but he's going with Josh. You. Yeah. Yeah. I'm. I'm actually. I. I think in. In the shape of um, is is it. Is it KDM? No, it's KDM. KDM. Yeah, I have no idea. I'm, I'm going with Kev's I, pronunciation. I watched this oh, race back yesterday. Uh, so d- you, don't go with my pronunciation. You, you think it should look? Let's go with KDM. So yeah, it's, I think KDM. I'd say between uh, hello you, um, hello you, Zane, Jash, and KDM, I think you've got three proper sprinting types to take on ten sovereigns who who could potentially. Hmm? There we go. Cardem. Cardem. <laughs> That'll do. Was that Ian Bartlett? Sounded like, this sounded like Ian Bartlett to me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Cardem. Cardem. Proper Royal Ascot pronunciation as well. I say, <laughs> I really think this Cardem's going to run a fine race, you know. <laughs> He's 10 lengths clear. The, <laughs> the crowd are on their feet. They're applauding. Uh, yeah, look, I think you've those in those three, you've got you've got two. You've got you've got three solid ones, but I do I do like the two Hamdan horses. Um, I, I thought Josh made a late reappearance this year because Simon Crishford supposedly said Simon Crishford Crishford. Sean Connery. <laughs> <laughs> Shiny Trishford. Is that his racing manager? Simon Trishford. Sorry, Rixie. I couldn't resist. Name's Rixie. I just want Rixie. Pronounce it like that, to be fair. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Simon Crishford. 
Simon Crisford wasn't happy with him early in the season. He said he took ages to come in his coat. Grow up, Blake. We're all adults here, yeah? <laughs> Says the man uh, who was making a joke about three inches, two minutes into the podcast. <laughs> three and a half inches. Three and a half inches. <laughs> if you remember, Kev, not, not to be pedantic about it, he actually reined it back from three and a half to three because he went, add it all up and it comes to nine. Oh, Jesus. Uh, yeah, well, well ten, and a, ten and a half is, 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 not, is not believable. Not it's optimistic, that one, Rixie. No one's believing you on that one. Yeah. Go on, go on, go on, go on, go on. Uh, but look, Simon Christopher couldn't get him going for ages and uh, he made his reappearance at Newmarket. Uh, and look, he was, I, thought he was, I thought he was pretty brave now to get the job done because he was he was keen uh, he sweated up again like Joseph Fritzel in an episode of Cribs <laughs> <laughs> and he he's, just, double, he's double down he's got it again <laughs> a slap across the face of the PC brigade Chrissy <laughs> will be reined in by the PC brigade social justice Rixie. warriors everywhere, everywhere freaking out <laughs> <laughs> tweeting Joe Rogan I was so offended I mean how can you say this on a podcast man I don't even listen to it I just heard someone in work I was so offended but look that's when you've got TDs throwing themselves off swings there with bottles of wine in their hand trying oh, to get claims oh god almighty <laughs> no, nice. I think we're surely allowed a little shite gag like that every now and again please just please look in the UK you've got an awful lot going on lighten your load with Irish politics you think you've got a cluster mess over there have a look at Maria Bailey in Ireland who attempted to sue true story sue a hotel because she fell off a swing while she was holding a bottle of beer and then reaching for a friend's camera. And she went Re- to sue... Reaching for a bottle of wine, wasn't it? A bottle Re- of wine, <laughs> right? Wine, yeah. And she went to a, to the circuit court, which means you were suing for 60 grand. And she claimed then she was only suing for medical expenses, but actually the hotel had... had she mentioned it herself that the hotel said, we're going to do that. And, and said, said she couldn't do any exercise for three months, and she went and did, ran a 10K two weeks later. <laughs> and <laughs> tweeted about it. And the judge said, oh, you did that in quite a good time. Wasn't a good time for me. And here's the thing. Here's how good. Here is how good Irish journalism is, right? The guys and the girls at balls.ie, which is a great website, by the way. Check check the men and women out there at balls.ie. Rixie should definitely be writing content for them. They went in online. And Kevin and, and Producer D are, are avid marathon runners, or at least used to be. So all of that data is available online. They went in and looked at her previous data. Guess what, Kevin? Go on. That was her second fastest time ever. Ah, stop. <laughs> her second fastest time ever. She went on national radio the day after an elect- the European and local elections have been on. The story's buried. No one's talking about it. She goes on national radio. She shouts at the, at the presenter. Sean, Sean, that would be, Sean, that would be for a judge to decide. Well, actually, you've, it's out of court now. You've taken it out of court, so no, it's not for a judge to No, Sean, Sean, listen to it. Read it. It's hilarious. <laughs> My God. Right. Right, let's get back to the let's get back to the uh, the focus in hand, yeah. Welcome Holy back, track, Batman. Welcome back to Newsweek. Welcome back to this week. Andrew Neil's gone. We've replaced him, and uh, we're going to have lots of fun on the BBC. Go on. Anyway, look, uh, we we've rambled on enough there in this race. Look, I, I do like the two the two Hamdan horses, but um, my my old my old gut my old gut is just telling me there's something about 
Cadem that could be could be the business. He looks like a proper sprinter. And what I liked about him the last day is he, he pricked his ears late and I think he was value for a, a handy bit more than the half a length. So um, I, I'm going to go with um, Cadem here in this race. I know that, that Kevin is preferring Josh, but the fact that the two boys are with me all up and down the lines just get stuck into Cadem we're going to make an absolute fortune it can't how can this go wrong it can't, can't Un- unlike his full brother who blew out in the race um, but anyway you know go for it and take the 8 to 1 uh, that is currently available in the races can I just very briefly very very briefly Kevin Fairyland the target has not been decided yet she did run very well at Royal Ascot last year she was a superstar at Juvenile she's coming in off a similar 10 sovereigns preparation having tried her hand at a classic and then again um, she's definitely going sprinting. Where is she going to go? And she's a big price for the King Stand. She's a big price for this. Are we underestimating her? Uh, I don't know. I no. don't know. I think dropping back to six will suit her. But, you know, you look back at her, her two-year-old form and how good was it? Mm-hmm. Would it stand up in, in open company against Colts um, or even three-year-old only company against Colts? Um, I'm not so sure. Uh, so while I'd be fascinated to see how she gets on back at six, um, she wouldn't be um, a win prospect in my mind. Okay, the lads have made two big decisions to reverse targets this week. Number one was to send Q Gardens for the Gold Cup uh, as opposed to stay middle distances. And the second big decision that they made was to not go for the Prix de Diane, which you'll see exclusively live on Sky Sports Racing. And instead, go to Royal Ascot for the Coronation Stakes with Hermosa, uh, a story that Kevin was very much on top of doing the stable tour with uh, Aidan O'Brien, which you can read for At The Races. Stable's in tremendous form. Kevin, I'll lead with you this time. She's a good thing, isn't she? Yeah, she just wins. She just wins. Um, she was quite a bit better at the car than she was at Newmarket. Um, you could hope, hope that she could step forward another few pounds again. And what's going to beat her? Jubiloso, is that, the, is that the best we have? Yeah. Um, lovely Second. filly, lovely filly, but she's won a novice race at Newbury last time mm-hmm. and she's coming in against a, a two-time classic winner um, that has heaps of experience from her two-year-old career. It's a huge ask. I'm surprised yeah. she's as short as she is. Um, I'd be fascinated to see how she progresses, but it would be a major shock to me if she takes enough of a leap forward to, to beat uh, an unsung Hermosa. That would be a, a sensational effort. And uh, I don't like the prospect of uh, having my money on something sensational happening at four to one. Uh, mm. I think that's, that's it's, it's too short really for her. And Hermosa, I'd be very surprised if she doesn't go off odds on. And I'd be very disappointed if she doesn't win and yeah. um, she completely blows out for whatever reason but if she if she brings her A game she'll take some whacking so the only reason that Jubiloso is that she's been a non-runner twice she's obviously she's raced twice she's been taken out twice the only reason she's the price she is is because she's trained by Jubilno show yeah exactly boom Rixie hitting him Rixie's on bang on if you are on as much form with your tipping as you are with the zingers then we're going to make absolute fortunes. I, I'm uh, in good form, but I'm actually got a, a wave of excitement about Ascot today. That's so I'm buzzing, is, I'm buzzing. You're, just, you're buzzing. The endorphins are kicking in. Um, it's her pedigree, Kev, isn't it? She's a she's a half-sister to Frankel by Charmadal. Um, tra- oh, tra- no, she isn't. Uh, sorry. She, her- sorry. Her- Apologies. Her- it's the dam is a half-sister to Frankel. 
Oh yes. no, she isn't. <laughs> she is, yeah. No, that's all right. Thank God. Jesus, I was about to freak out there. So her dam. I'm not even going to take that out. Uh, there you go. Mistakes get made, and you have to own them. Uh, so the dam's a half sister to Frankel. People are just losing their minds over that, aren't they? Like it was good. What she did was good last time out, but it doesn't deserve her to be thumped so much in the market. And oh, it was very good looking. The promises clearly there. She's a, she's a smashing filly. Um, the 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 horse that she whomped came out and won next time. But he, he's kind of a you know an eighty five type of horse, and she whomped him by by seven lengths. So it was impressive. But look, it's one thing to whomp an eighty five horse by seven lengths. Come in and take on a Jewel Classic winner. Um, different story. Yeah. Different story altogether. Um, she was able to dictate the pace that day. Won't be dictating any pace here, I'd imagine. Uh, and it's just a big test of her. It's a big test of her. Uh, out of the frying pan, into the fire. And um, it'll be a tough, tough ask for her now, I would, in, in my mind. Rixie, point and shoot job. Yeah, look, uh, Hermosa is, uh, she should be four to six. She really should. Maybe even four to seven. I'm not even joking. Um Ooh. I think with her, with her three pound penalty and all the evidence we've seen of the three year old miler so far this season, I would have her favoured over Phoenix of Spain getting three pounds. Jeez, oh, now there's a shit. That, and you know she, what? I agree. She, she was so impressive um, at the car the last time. Uh, I think I, I did the pod for the the guineas bef- uh, or after the guineas beforehand. Oh no, sorry, I did the pod with you, you boys before the Irish Guineas weekend and I just wasn't sure on Hermosa because she looked, she's just kind of, you know, fiddies that can sometimes, they just don't impress you, but she got the job done. But she just looked a different different horse at the Cora. She looks like she's t- taken a, a pretty sizable step forward and she was good. Um, just kind of looking at, at the race. If someone wanted to back her anti-post at five to four, I, I couldn't put you off. Uh, Jubiloso is an absolutely horrendous price. Yeah. She should be double her price. Um, the fact that she is comfortably shorter in the betting than Castle Lady, who is a French classic winner, is, is an absolute disgrace. Pretty <laughs> Pollyanna for me... Um, I just don't have her as a miler and she ran very well over a mile the last day at the Cora but that, that whole meeting at the Cora there, you know, speed at the front was was carrying, it was really fast ground and there was a tailwind and now she's going to come onto a, a stiffer track on likely ground that's going to be slower so um, I, I can't have her. Uh, Kabala comes here in the back of a disappointing effort in the Irish Guineas. Maxad is going to maybe drop down from 12 furlongs to a mile having run in the Oaks. I don't like that. Uh, just wonderful they need the straight trackets for her because I think she's crazy. <laughs> Although she's got all the ability in the world, they just need to get it out of her. Uh, and the, the one that I've come down on in the end is a, is a, is a French filly. And this is why I, I uh, opened the pod up this today with bonjour. I say. Because it... Because it's all about watch me, baby. It's all about watch me. 20 to 1 is a big price. Oh! Is a very big price. And to be fair, she uh, she, she is uh, she is going to run here, all things being well. Uh, the way I'm potentially looking to play in her is maybe back her anti-post each way at 20s. And then she could be an old bet without Hermosa on, on the day. That's kind of how I'm potentially going to play it. But uh, look in in the French in the French Guineas behind Castle Lady, she's only got two and a half lengths to find, but she had an absolutely horrible trip, mm. horrible trip. Um, she was squeezed out pretty early in the race, 
Um, uh, and she was still brave now to get on with it then. And then coming into the home turn, she was squeezed again. And then once she finally seemingly got out into the clear, looking, Pellier must have been on the, the old bloody red wine there the night before. Cause <laughs> Good grief. He, he just ran her off the back of another filly. I have no idea what he was doing. Um, look, she travelled really well. I think that the, the likely scenario of um, a stiffer track being run at a, a quicker pace will will really suit her. And yeah, look, I think 20 to 1 is, is a big price. I, I could see her reversing the form with Casa Lady, who was maybe a little bit, maybe kind of finding the mile stretching her a little bit she was kind of just holding on at the end so she's going to have to deal with a much stiffer test of stamina here this time so look watch me is the bet I would love for Sumion to maybe ride or uh, here I don't know will Pellier keep the ride but no. just yeah I don't know like, Pellier is in uh, look he's a great jockey he's brilliant one, like, jockey but he was a nightmare yeah. at that day yeah, look, he was just. But I think I think Pellier's best days are, are potentially behind him now. He's making a lot of oh. mistakes in the last few See, years. Rixie, get um, stuck in, Rixie. You don't hold back, son. Go on, no, let him no, have it. Look, let, let's look. Let, you, you, you can say these things. Like, um, I, I'm not cutting the back off. And Pellier's been one of the finest jockeys of. The don't last, don't you know, back off years. it now. Stick with it. Stick with it. No, no, no. I'm not backing off. But I think when you're when you're saying stuff like this, he's a has been. It's got to be reasoned. He's done. He's finished. He's not done. He's, he's, not done. he's a good jockey, Pellier, but he's just not he's as sharp finished. as he was. And for that reason, I'm hoping Sumier will ride him. He's don't absolutely be putting, done. Don't be putting words into my mouth, Kenny. Finish. Uh, tweet it. Everybody tweet, tweet. If, I don't know if Pellier is on Twitter. Tweet it. Declan Rick said on the Final Front Podcast, you're finished and you're and we agree. You're, you're, no, you're finished. Don't, don't, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't no, be cruel. Just, don't be just, cruel. Just, if you're going to do anything, just put a, a finished flag there. <laughs> <laughs> the old best fair forum days just, oh yeah we're showing our age now that'll do but i was never on the Betfair forum that sounded like an absolute hellhole oh jesus christ it was good <laughs> fun twitter's bad it, it, oh, yeah, oh that's, man oh man that, that's what a few of the uh, the older boys in the office were saying a oh, bit of a hellhole <laughs> I, I, I got i got my break off the Betfair forum you did that's how yeah. the time forum gig came along, wasn't it? Like the no, it was my, my, my Irish field, my Irish field gig, my yeah. first ever gig. Yeah. Yeah. When are you gonna, when, when are you going to take that break? Tell you what. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, stick that up your Chamberlain's boy. Hey, <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> Rixie's on it. Rixie's just launching into him. As, I'm, I'm, I'm buzzing. I'm buzzing. And Blake oh, hasn't God. been on the pod. In- and Blake hasn't been on the pod in ages, so when should we know he'll appear again? Who to knows? To your absence so there. Like, mil- just, uh, I'm milking it, baby. I'm milking it. Like, uh, 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 but sure, we know Rixie's only a bottler anyway. <laughs> sure, sure, to- Tony Calvin basically challenged him to a fight the other day, and Rixie backed out. <laughs> oh, too, 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 too busy with work. Can't turn up, big tone. Sorry wait, about that. wait a second. You're not suggesting that Tony Calvin was uh, being aggressive on Twitter or having a pop at someone on Twitter, are you? No. That was, uh, that, no. That was my my flight or fight response, and I chose flight. <laughs> um, on a serious note, uh, for Francois Gaffon, uh, watch me. I assume Christophe Sumian. Where was he? Was he banned that day? Why was he not riding on French Guineas Day? Does anybody oh, know? Oh, maybe did Diego can have something in the race? No, no, he wasn't riding at all that day. 
At, oh, was um, he not at uh, Paris Longchamp on Sky Sports Racing? Wasn't there? Uh, I don't know. Maybe he was. Maybe he was elsewhere. Anyway, uh, the, the point I would make is I would imagine that Sumion will be back on board, or Pierre Charles Boudou. Who knows? But um, yeah, maybe one for the for the forecast. Maybe one for the for the exacta. Uh, I think. Yeah, she's definitely overpriced. If, definitely. If you, like, she's only. I think she's got was just over three lengths to find with Castle Lady. Castle Lady had the absolute dream set up. Yeah. And she had an absolutely horrible run. Uh, there's a there's a bit of stamina there on the dam side. I think she's out of a Galileo mare. So I could just see the whole scenario of uh, a stiffer track and the, the faster pace that they generally go in, in Britain suiting her. Okay, out of Galileo, Mayor Watchful. Um, final selections, Kevin Blake, Hermosa, point and shoot, absolute stone, cold, solid moral. Up and down the lines. Up and down the lines. Just lump this five to four. It can't hold. It can't. Yeah. It can't. Like, can it? No, it, it can't. If she's even money on the day, I'd potentially back her. There's one big firm have gone evens. They're just like, nah, not doing this. Um, there's a number of big firms are five to four if you look at attheraces.com right now. But I think Rixie's right. I think she'll be odds on on the day. Um, and I do get the opportunity to say that she is a sister to Hydrangea. Man, Desi. There she goes. We, we miss you, Desi. Uh, there are two other races on the day, the Sandringham Stakes and the Duke of Edinburgh. Is there anything on your shortlist, gentlemen? Kevin? Well, I, want, I want to see the entries. Yeah. We will we'll just... There, there was potentially one. Go for it. Um, a Mark Johnson horse in the... Uh, Baghdad? No, 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 not Baghdad. Uh, hold on now, or have I got my races mixed up? I'm, I'm interested in a Johnson three-year-old there called Sir Ron Presley. Yeah, that's the King George V handicap. Yeah, sorry, is that the, which one is that? The Duke of Edinburgh is on that the day, Duke of it? Edinburgh is the, uh, the older horses. Ah, uh, yes, yeah, sorry, sorry, no, never mind me, I'm talking shit again. That wouldn't be like you. Oh, look at that wouldn't be like that, you at all. Ooh. Yeah, that, I hear you, I hear you over there, Emmett. <laughs> I'll get Calvin to fight you at Royal Ascot. <laughs> Calvin can come at me, bro. I'm, I, I'm trained in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. I'll put that man to sleep in two seconds. But listen, listen. Don't forget, two years ago, it all kicked off, and he's going, let's finish this. So, <laughs> he doesn't listen to podcasts. It's fine. Um, right. <laughs> I think he does listen to podcasts. I he, think he listens to this podcast. He, he claims he doesn't and doesn't like them. So, yeah, whatever. He was on this one several times. Um, right, Kevin Blake, your best bet of Friday. Ooh. Caught me on the hop there, Emmett. <laughs> um, best bet. I see, I don't want to be kind of boring and go with Hermosa. Um, that would be a bit lacking in imagination. It really would. Uh, yeah, but it's Hermosa, but you can you can take Jash off me if you like. All right, all right. Declan Ricks, your best bet. Uh, best bet. Oh, uh, I would probably go with. I I think Pablo Escobar is a cracking each way bet at sixteens, and definitely worth backing anti post. Okay, I think you've got uh, a very, very interesting point there. My best bet is, and, and whatever your stakes are, it's entirely up to you, but my best bet for the Friday of Royal Ascot, all live on Sky Sports Racing, and watch out for Rixie and the team on AtTheRaces.com as well, is a £10 patent. Oh, God. Kevin's head is about to blow clean off. How many horses is that, Kevin? No idea. Three. 
And we're swinging for the fences here. Cape of Good Hope, I can get 20s. Cat uh, AM, I can get 8s. Hermosa, I can get 5 to 4. Good night, good luck, see you in Dubai. That's the bet. I'm, going, I'm swinging with 3. I'm going for it. That is the it's going to be no good when one of them is a non-runner. Oh, God. Well, well, the good thing is that, you know, if it is, if you are betting with someone who's, who's generously gone non-runner, no betting, can't you just do that now? Come on. Um, it'll, True. It'll just, it'll actually, I don't know how it works, but you actually get rewarded for the fact that the horse is a non-runner. You're not punished in a patent or, or lucky 15 for that matter. Um, so there you go. That's my, that's my selections. That's it. Um, Rixie, your best bet of the entire week before you go. Oh, the entire week. Christ on a bike. Um, <laughs> best week, best bet of the entire week. I don't know about best bets now, but I've had two bets in the Queen Anne. Uh, I have backed one master of William Haggis's. Mm-hmm. Uh, 25 to 1. Uh, group 1 mare. I think that race is, as the market suggests, it's very open. She's got course form. And the other one I've backed is Lord Glitters. Oh, with the, the course form, um, if you just go back, everything went wrong for him in the lockage. And if he ran well in the lockage, he'd probably be an eight to one shot. I think Spencer, uh, kind of very on, on Jamie Spencer, like hit the lids quick and he just saw too much daylight and he ran his race back to front. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah, I like the two of those at prices in the in the, the Queen Anne but I don't know about best bet yeah it's mad because I'm looking at the window here now in London again and it looks like it's going to start pissing rain any minute so I wouldn't be uh, in the slightest bit surprised if the forecast is completely wrong and it does bloody smash rain all week yeah we should look we'll see it's, it's hard to be concrete on anything like that but we sure we 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 tackle her when we when we uh, when we find her. And uh, best of luck with that one and the HR team afterwards. Um, right, Rixie, fantastic stuff. We will have you on for the Royal Ascot review. We'll all be absolutely wrecked after it. Um, particularly both of you, seeing as you're there for all five days. Enjoy it, my man. Um, all the content that you need is on outtheraces.com. If you're not following outtheraces on Twitter for some yeah. bizarre reason, I don't know what to say to you. But check out the mega site on outtheraces.com for Royal Ascot stable tours with the key trainers. Uh, loads of trends and stats info is it true that norval contributed to some of that stuff uh potentially yes um he 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 may well have done but yeah look make sure you check out that the the website is i know it's kind of easy for me to say but there's just a, a mountain of great features and content and interviews on there that um you know just it, it might hopefully that leads you leads you the way to a, a couple of winners listen we're at a time where there's uh, a lot of people are, are asking questions about content. There's nothing you can question about the At The Races site. And you look at the card, it's free for one thing, but look at the detail in the cards. You know, look at the detailed information that you have there. The race assessments from Timeform, race analysis from At The Races. Um, there's the anti-post tipping as well. There's expert, there's some guy called Kevin Blake who's quite good at writing um, and has been nominated for a few awards. Was slighted last year and we're, we're very bitter over that. But aside from that, you know, it's, <laughs> it's a bloody brilliant site and for Royal Ascot, at the races is going all out so everything you need is there um, make sure you check it out and uh, make sure you go and look up the Maria Bailey story in Ireland as well dear god almighty tonight Irish politicians you couldn't make it up um, from Declan Ricks see you later and from Kevin Blake who is back for day five 
Good luck. Enjoy, Ryle Ascot. I uh, hope you enjoyed the ramblings, um, but I'm pretty sure there's some gold there. We'll talk to you soon. God bless. Have you downloaded the free app, The Races app yet? With easy-to-use race cards and form, expert daily tips, plus video replays and in-app betting, it's the app that no racing fan's phone should be without. Available for free on your iPhone or Android mobile, visit attheraces.com forward slash app for more details.